you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of The Tech Box. My name is James Honeyball and I've got with me David Rich. Hi, Dave. Hello, James. How are you doing? Uh, fair to meddling or meddling to fair. One of the two. Ups and downs, peaks and troughs and all that. Been quite a nice uh, day's weather. Sun's come out. Yeah, um, afternoon. So the morning's been a uh, couple of sessions of drizzle. But come the afternoon, the sun comes out, gives you an opportunity to do something, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> the weather aside. Weather aside, uh, <laughs> I believe that you've got a new toy. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I don't know whether we mentioned this or not. So we we spoke, didn't we, primarily about the iPhones last uh, last week, which I must say I, I still really, really love the 13 Pro Max. Not too big. Thought it would be. It's not. But um, well, we might be more on that later. But uh, I got myself a uh, iPad Mini. You know, historically I don't use iPads. Um, every time I buy an iPad, I always get rid of it. So I thought, why not? We've uh, we've had most. Let's have another one. Nice. So, what 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 are you intending to use it for? I don't know. So I think I got swept away with the whole airline pilot sitting in the knee of your pocket, writing with a pen, and all that sort of good stuff. And I just thought to myself, I thought that looks really, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice more than anything. I think. I think it's the 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 new squared off form factor, and uh, I mean, it does look nice. It, it, I, that was probably my, my, my reason. I'm trying to insert it in. Obviously, I've got the MacBook Air as my laptop, so heavy-duty computing. Yeah. And I went, for, I went for the Pro 13 Pro Max. So again, sort of a YouTube machine on the go. Yeah, pretty much a mini iPad in itself, really. Yeah. So why did I get the iPad mini? Hmm, good question. Where does it really fit in? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, James. I don't know. Time will tell. Talk us through it then, because it does look uh, nice. Is it uh, as nice in the hand as it uh, looks to be? Yeah, yeah. So it's a small iPad. What everyone says about the touch targets being very small, they are. So certain. I think it's just a question of a lot of applications haven't been rejiggered, if they can at all. Um, so certainly, you know, sometimes the share sheet icon might be really small and you've got to try and tap that. Um, mm. So the small factor, it, it doesn't lend itself well. iPad OS doesn't hugely lend itself well to being shrunk down that small, I don't think. Um, I've enlarged the icons so that they are slightly bigger because they were they were a bit small as default. And I, in most applications, I have raised the default um, level of text. Yeah. Simply because... Again, at that screen size, that resolution, it is slightly on the small side. Um, so I have upped it. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it no favours here. I'm doing it a huge disservice. Um, and again, thir- the 13 Pro Max with ProMotion and a nice super bright OLED. And then I pick up the iPad mini and, and, and go on that. And I notice that the whites aren't as white and it's not as bright. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. The lack of promotion isn't hugely noticeable, um, but switching between the two, you you can sort of tell. It's mainly just from a smoothness factor versus uh, more fluidity. Yeah, I'll go with rather than anything else. Um, what does it do well? 
Um, it's a slightly bigger iPhone 13 <laughs> Pro Max. On that on that screen, it's like not supposed to be quite as good a LCD quality as the uh, iPad Pros. But is that noticeable at all? I mean, obviously the blacks aren't <laughs> going to be inky black like an OLED, but uh, compared to other LCDs, what's it like? Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best. I would say it's nice if you if you're comparing it to say like an Android tablet, you know, the A series Tab A or something oh, like okay, that. Yeah, because they are pretty washed out, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's not hugely washed out. It, it, like I said, it is nice. However, you have a white web page, and then you sw- suddenly switch over to the 13 Pro Max, and 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 you notice a, a noticeable notch in in quality difference. But again, uh, how many people are doing that 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 regularly? Is that because you've got um, what's it called the a uh, color compensation turned on on the iPad, a True Tone? I turn it off on both. Okay, so this is this is with it definitely turned off on both, is it? Yeah, definitely turned off on both. That's yeah, interesting because normally LCDs are pretty good for whites, but it doesn't go as bright. And bear in mind, I drive mine at full, one hundred percent max brightness. All oh, right, you're one of them. Yeah, so I'm literally burning my retinas out with the th- with uh, you know with a thousand odd nits. Like I can't remember the exact figure, but uh, you know a, th- a thousand nits of thirteen Pro Max OLED versus, I think it's, is it 500 on the iPad mini? I know it's... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I know it's not linear after there, but it it is noticeable. Um, I watched watched the Formula One on it this afternoon. Okay. Uh, You know, so now that I got a sort of stand case, so it stands itself up, it's it's a bit more usable. You know, I'm not standing my phone up like that. So, uh, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. Did you get the? Did you just get the base one? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already used forty gig out of sixty four, and twenty of that's taken up by other system data that I can't seem to get rid of. Oh, that's always nice. It is. So you know, one third of the whole storage of the device is practically taken up with like something I cannot delete, some cached log somewhere. I I, I would be okay with sixty four gig. You know, I don't. I generally sort of stream stuff on my uh, iPad. Uh, yeah, I think the only use case really would be if you were going on a long journey and you wanted to uh, cache loads of films on onto it. But well, I've got cellular. I've got the cellular version. Oh, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah, so I got the cellular version, and uh, yeah, so I technically always got an always on always on connection with it. Um, oh, you jogged my memory. What was I going to say then? You were saying about. Um cached oh so i tried to edit a film on it so i i put i, I went out and i taken some footage with um the 13 so taking some footage some cinematic stuff all 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 the goodness and i thought well i'll try and edit it on the ipad mini versus instead of the iphone and i don't think a hundred percent support is there for that cinematic footage yet Right, you, yeah. You can go back in and change all the edit points and, and, and everything. And it isn't quite there under iMovie on the iPad. And it just felt a bit clunkier. I know it shouldn't, same chip, etc. Um, if it is actually clocked slightly higher, but I, I, you know, apples for apples and all that, it scores a lower Geekbench score. Um, it just felt a bit difficult, if that makes sense. It was easier to do it on the device that took it. Interesting. Okay. Mm. 
And I can't put my finger on why, but I immediately thought, nah. I think it was a question of I was trying to switch back between windows, between applications, edit the, edit the footage in photos. And maybe it was just that it was on the 13 Pro and I hadn't uploaded to the cloud properly, etc. And it was making it difficult. I, I don't know, but it just didn't feel as nice to try and edit on. I mean, Gavin would probably tell me I'm absolutely crazy talking. Did you sort of bring it down from iCloud before you edited it or did you try and edit tip from iCloud because I would think that might make a difference. It has to bring it down anyway. So if you import it into the iMovie, it has to bring it down. Okay, okay. So it should have been working on a local copy then. Yeah, yeah, it should. I, I don't know. It just didn't feel brilliant ah. uh, to do. Okay, I and, I, and I don't know why. That could be a software thing, couldn't it? it could just be a maturity thing. Yeah. Yeah, and again, playing back the uh, the video on the iPhone versus the iPad, it, again, you can see the screen. Is it a HDR screen? I don't think it's not HDR, is it, on the... Uh... On the iPad mini? Don't believe so, no. Don't believe so. So you've not got all the nice sort of colours and... So it, it is noticeably a different experience. But again, it's a different device, isn't it? Mm. It's for airline pilots that I want really want to be, James. Yeah, I know. You... How many planes do you fly generally on an average week? Aspirational. That's ah. that's what it is. It's aspirational. Ah, okay. You know, part of me wants to go and lavishly get an a, a, a pencil second generation. Yeah, um, then you could map out your flight path and everything. Exactly. I, I, in my in my mind, I'm thinking that's what's stopping me. Yeah. You know, this thing is a productivity powerhouse, and I haven't got the 120 pound pencil. That's where it's laying me down. That's why I'm not using it. Yeah, I don't have a pencil for my iPad Pro. I guess I can only use it on one device. And I keep meaning to try and look for a cheap one on eBay because I would like a Play, but I'm obviously not too keen on spending 100 quid on it. But if you could pick one up for, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 quid, then it would be a, a good toy, I reckon. Yeah, we've got the first pencil. Richard kindly sent one over for the uh, iPad, just the eighth, the last year's base iPad. So the kids use it for colouring and stuff. And it, and it is nice. Um, and you could see how it would be nice to use it on a small form factor device for taking notes and things. But again, it's second gen pencil on there only. So um, you, you're looking at a premium everywhere, really. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Anything more on the iPad Mini? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. an okay. It's an okay device, I suppose. But I'm probably not the target audience. I I find that I get an iPad, a, a full size one, and think, what am I going to do with this? Um, again, it's the whole. I watch an Apple advert, and I'll suddenly think that I'm going to have a multi million pound company because I got an iPad. Yeah. Um, and it never pans out. So. Uh, I've got to say, I've been, I use my iPad Pro all the time. And um, actually, there's something that I'm going to say about the iPad Pro, but not before I ask you a question. And that is, why were you editing video on the iPad and not just using your uh, MacBook Air? Well, I am using a MacBook Air at the moment to record this podcast, but it's a 2013 ah, MacBook Air. So where's the where's your new one? Oh... James, silly well, me. Obviously, hey. I do know where, where it is, but it's. Uh, I think there's a good story behind this, isn't there? Well, I was sat there, you know, uh, uh, it was about midnight. I'd had a tiring day. I'd had a few beers. I believe I'd spoken to you, kind gentleman, on the uh, 
on the um, Zoom the Zooms, channel. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think you were there, though, that night. I think you were off gallivanting somewhere, I, James. I have been gallivanting, yeah. Anyway, I think, uh, yeah, like I said, it was midnight. I was sat there. The wife kindly told me she was going up, and I said, I'll be there in a second. So I'm blaming her. This is totally her fault. If she just said, come up with me now. Yeah. Obviously, this would never have happened. But the next thing I know, I, I'm, I suddenly, I, I nod off, but I awaken to me with the bottle of Budweiser in the left hand, the MacBook Air on the lap, and me tipping said large bottle of Budweiser into the MacBook. Beautiful. Oh, I've never felt so sick in my entire <laughs> life. I was absolutely disgusted with myself. And it was drenched. It was drenched. Oh I literally turned it upside down and it was yeah. pouring out. And It's so sticky beer as well, isn't it? Once, oh. that, once that, I mean, water, you might stand a million to one chance of, of doing something. But I, I, sp- I spilt Coke over a keyboard once and it was utterly destroyed instantly. Yeah, so I, I sort of sat there in utter sheer dif- disbelief, trying to trying to wipe it off successfully, mind it, you know, I wiped it off, but as soon as you turn it upside down, it just pours out again. Oh my god! Um, I mean, fair fair play to the MacBook Air; it did, didn't turn off, it didn't destroy itself. You know, the next day, the only thing that wasn't working was the um, was the click on the trackpad. Okay. Um, but by the time it got to the Genius Bar, the whole trackpad had stopped functioning. Oh, okay. So, you know, the, the rot had set in. Yeah. Um, and all the keys all, all gungy, yeah? I, it just stank of beer. It's one of them. I just don't even want the machine back anymore. Well, I, I'm, ultimately, um, it, it's, it's knackered. But um, I do have Apple Care Plus, so, you know. So it should be a five-minute swap out. <laughs> five-minute swap. So... I was fortunate enough to get a Genius Bar of appointment the, se- the next day. So Apple, um, I travelled travelled quite far. I got a cancellation at the Cambridge store, I think. So we, we travelled to Cambridge. I took the family on a trip they didn't really want to go to again <laughs> after taking them to a trip they didn't want to go to the week before for the iPhone 13. So I, I took it in. And as I said, um, you get two... So it's £199 for the MacBook Air and you get two instances of accidental damage cover. Okay, here's the kicker though. It's £79 if you smash the screen. Really, so not not a bad excess really if you think about the screens on them. £230 for everything else. I mean, that is absolutely disgusting. It is. It is because I didn't I wasn't aware of this. I just thought, yeah, there'll be a nominal charge. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not stupid enough to think it wasn't a hundred. For some strange reason, I thought it was 120 pounds. I think I'm going off what I've previously paid for an iPhone. You know, I'm, I'm very au fait with the Apple Care on the iPhone. And I think value for money wise with the iPhone is, is pretty good. And again, when I've per- always purchased MacBook Pros, the 16 inch, I've always gone for the Apple Care I and mean, it's more expensive on them. It's like 250 pounds for the 16 inch, but that, that's fine. However, I'd never really looked at the excess fee. So what is that? What's this excess fee again? Just run it past me one more time. So £79 for screen replacement. Which is almost okay. Yeah, £230 for anything else. Yeah, that's not... But that's for any laptop. So if that was a 16-inch that you'd spec up to five grand, that would still... And it's classed as a tier four repair. So whatever is broken inside, it gets replaced. Okay. Yeah, but how much does a new? Because um, you know that on these MacBooks, the keyboard, uh, the 
control the top pad, case. The top yeah. case. I've had to pay for that outright on my MacBook 12 inch once, hmm. and that was it was very very expensive. But I think that was only like 300 quid or something. Yeah. So I, I, again, I don't. No point in having the um, what's it called Apple Care protection because what it's protecting you from is is literally throwing it off a cliff so that it smashes into a million pieces. Well. Let's think about it. Water damage. So the keyboard's gone. The trackpad's gone. I mean, I, I, it's probably triggered. It's probably triggered a few water damage uh, indicators. indicators inside. But had it? Do you reckon if you'd have just put a new top case on, it might have worked? So the guy in the shop, he said that it had sort of pooled around the because they took it apart in the Genius Bar, and he says it's pooled around the trackpad area. So. Again, with it not going off, I don't know whether it's hit the logic board, but I would want to re- I want that replacing. I, I would want that replacing. I can't say for sure where that beer went. Yeah. You know, you know, when I've shut it as well and, and put it in a bag and opened it up, there's been <laughs> beer on the screen as well. Oh, God. Yeah? So I've closed it up to transport it, and I've opened it up again, and there's, like, just beer stains all over the screen. So I would want a new screen. I can't... You can't tell me that it, you don't know that it's not got um, between the... I, uh, any part on the screen <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah but i do think that once they've got it open um and they're poking inside it and replacing the components yeah uh they'll just replace everything that looks like beer's well, well, they, well, well they will because if i come back again in three months time and with no obvious sign of water damage and i say that that's failed and they look at it it's clearly going to be linked isn't yeah, it to yeah to the water damage repair. So it makes no it makes no sense to them. In my head, I really want them to just... I would just want them to swap the laptop. It, I would want... In, an ideal situation is what you would do is you wouldn't even bother messing around, would you? You would open it up, see that it's been covered in liquid damage and, and send out a refurb unit. Yeah, yeah. Quick turnaround, jobs are good. I, to be honest, I think they should have just gone into the back of the Apple store that day and just given you a new one. Right, so here's, here is what is... Especially if you're is, paying 230 quid. Well, the story gets deeper here. So this was last Saturday. So Saturday the 2nd of October, we're recording this on the 10th. So he told me, you know, they always say worst case scenario 10 days, yeah? Okay, and they, I got a repair tracking number and I checked on Monday... Uh, you would think he's saying he said they can't they don't do anything there. it goes off to the repair center can I, and I said so that's fine can I have it shipped back to me rather than come and get it from the genius bar not a problem tracking that repair center Monday it was still at the repair it was still at the store it hadn't been sent off Tuesday still at the store Wednesday still at the store Thursday I'm starting to get a bit a bit worried at this point speak to Apple Apple tried to speak to the store can't get through okay try again on Friday. Speak to Apple. They can't get through to the store. It's still showing at the store. And and I'm at this point, I'm saying to... I get transferred to the second tier support because I'm saying, why am I chasing this down? Yeah. Why can't... I ask you the question. You go away, find me the answer and come back to me because my concern is it hasn't left the store. If they're not doing anything to it, why have they not put it into the pipeline? I wouldn't even mind if it was sat at the repair center in a queue. That wouldn't bother me. But it makes no logical sense that there has not been a dispatch from that store to the repair center within a week that they couldn't put mine in. Either something's gone wrong or this is planned. If it's planned, brilliant. Tell me what the plan is. (laughs) If it's not planned, I'm starting to think that there might be something wrong. Anyway, the the Apple guy came back to me on Friday afternoon and he said, um, he said the repair number that they've got 
is 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 different it okay so i said okay then well can i have the correct repair number that's because i've got a works authorization sheet tells me that they've taken it in it's being dispatched i've paid this amount bloody bloody by um and what it's covered for and, he's, and then he said oh no it's sorry the the repair id is correct it just doesn't get updated until it comes back from the repair center and I said to him, I said, I, who, is this what the store's telling you? He said, yeah. I said, I find this very difficult to believe. I, I've had previous things that have gone off. We all know Richard has had things sent off. And it's track it, it tracks as immediately as it's dispatched from the store. Mm. Yeah. So I said, okay. And she, he, said, he said, the lady at the store says you should have it back. It, you should see something in a couple of days. And so I said, okay. I find it very difficult to believe that you're not being fed a load of lies here however let's give it till monday in the hopes that things start to move and if not i'm going to be extremely concerned that something has gone wrong and you're not being told the truth and it's coming back to me so anyway sunday the 10th we're still not moved from the store Mm. so at what point james i ask you is i just say look you know it gained to the point where we we understand it's a it's probably going to be irrecoverable yeah you're not going to send me back my data because the chances are you're just going to send the whole thing back. Just send me a laptop. Send me anything. Why are we in a situation where you know it's damaged, it's water damaged, I've paid the excess, sort it out. Why is it still sat at, showing us at a shop? If it isn't at the shop and the tracking's wrong, then I'm even more concerned that it's out there in the ether and you can't find it and you're just being fed a line from someone who picks up the phone at the Apple store. I just think it's very, very poor all round. It's poor that the excess is so much. It's poor that they didn't just give you a a replacement in the store that day. And it's also poor that they haven't been able to uh, get a working laptop to you for a week. I think it's given that you're paying such a premium and you've paid such an excess. I just think that's very poor. Well, that's what I mean. I've already paid it. They've taken the money. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Um, So did you want my uh, iPad? corollary to this story then go on then what's that so when was it because it was must have been oh i sort of remember because it must have been this week must have been friday then and i did exactly the same thing as you did uh, but i was in front of my ipad pro with the fabric keyboard Mm. the fabric keyboard case yep and uh i spilled a glass of red wine over it all over the keyboard um and it went all over the iPad and it went oh, it went on the carpet and everything. So obviously that had to sort out the carpet uh, as well as the uh, iPad. But um, I just sort of took the iPad out of the case, put set it to one side and basically rinsed the keyboard under a tap and left it to dry overnight, came down the next day. Uh, the keyboard's all nice and clean, put the uh, iPad in it, type type away it's all working and i thought oh brilliant i'm going to be able to tell dave that uh <laughs> i spilt red wine over my uh ipad and uh it survived without a problem um but unfortunately it didn't survive without a problem so what i noticed was uh it, it some wine had got into the keyboard uh, the headphone jack and headphones work in it but it doesn't recognise the removal of headphones. So it thinks that headphones are constantly plugged in. Ah. Uh, so the speaker doesn't work. Now, I I blew in the headphone jack because I didn't have any compressed air to hand. 
Well, have you tried a cotton bud with isopropyl alcohol? I used a lateral flow test nasal swab <laughs> thing, uh, which is pretty effective, actually. It's about exactly the right uh, dimensions for a headphone port cleaner. Um, so I, I dipped that in a bit of, um, yeah, solvent and, and sort of shoved that down in there. And it, when I pulled it out, it was red. You know, it was obvious that uh, the wine had got in there. Uh, anyway, after sort of uh, eight hours in the day, um, it did start working again. But this has obviously made me think that, you know, wine's got in there and it's knackered it a bit. And It's not long uh, for this world, is it? No, I don't know. It might not be. Exactly. So... Um, yeah, basically try not to spill alcoholic beverages over computers because they don't like it. You contrast this, right? Last week as well, my washing machine, I had to claim on the insurance, home insurance for the washing machine, replaced in two days. Oh, wow. So... What was wrong with the washing machine? Oh, the little lad used it as a climbing frame and uh, snapped the door off. Ah. Yeah. That's interesting that that's covered in by your household insurance. Accidental damage. Yeah. Bolt onto the policy. Only £50 excess as well. I wonder if mine's got that, actually. Because it just means that you could claim every week for getting stuff fixed, couldn't you? You wouldn't have to buy anything new ever again. I think they might con onto it. and uh, You know, there's the whole moral dilemma, but I think probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, so I, I'm a bit distraught anyway, and I don't know where to go from this. It just seems like... Part of me just wants to leave it for like three weeks and see what happens and then ring them up and say, you know, are you going to do anything? But I'm not actually filled with confidence that they would treat it any more severely than if I left it two more days and called them. Well, do you know how long it took Samsung to uh, process my K-Zoom repair? Too long. Uh, It was over 100 days. I had a... So going back now to 2017... I'd had a MacBook Pro 2015 15-inch that had failed three times uh, on the logic board. And I claimed under the six-year rule, you know, the six-year warranty of goods act. I didn't have Apple Care on it. Uh, actually, did I have Apple Care on it? I can't remember. But I had to make a exceptional claim under the whole thing should be fit for proper purpose for six years. Yeah. Um, and I did that and I, and that took me like a month, but I, I, they replaced that with a 2017. Uh, I remember you saying about this. Yeah. Yeah. They replaced that with a 2017 MacBook Pro. Um, but as I said, that was a good month. And then the replacement I got for that, the speakers blew as soon as I turned it on. <laughs> I turned it on, played a sound, and there was an audible pop and it had blown the cones on the speakers. Uh, so then I had to go for another week and a bit to try and uh, get, get that sorted out. Um, so, you know, after that saga, I, I don't, I, 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 given them the money and I've paid for the extra protection and it almost, you know, and then you have Kev who says on a MacBook Air, accidental damage for two years at John Lewis is 70 pound with no, 70 pound cost and no excess to pay. Yeah. And you, you can't help but just think they'd just send you one as well. They wouldn't yeah. mess around. I think the only thing, the only reason to have Apple Care is if you would get exceptional service off the back of it, i.e. just no quibbles, swapping stuff out and getting stuff turned around super quick hmm. and it being like the absolutely top end service. If it's not giving you that, then it's just not worth paying the premium for, in my opinion. And um, yeah, I took out separate... Uh, phone insurance on my phone, on my new iPhone, um, 
just yesterday actually um because i didn't really want to i didn't really want uh apple care so i thought well i'll just get a standard uh gadget insurance that's got uh loss and theft and everything and um and go with that I will see what they swap out because they've got to swap out the top case. They they can't not. There's too much on that. So hopefully I'll get a new battery. Hopefully I'll get a new keyboard and a trackpad. I would like to think you can't have spilled anything in there without getting a tiny bit on the logic board. You would, And you would like to think they would swap that to be safe. I would know if the screen gets replaced because I've got stickers on the top of it. So that's a good indicator. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I, it might get to the point where I'll just say, look, what, what is happening? Just, I don't know. We'll see. The saga goes on. But I, I, as I said, I've got Apple Care Plus on the iPhone as well. I, I paid for that two, I think, 200 odd pounds. I, I can't remember. I just bought it when I bought it. Um, it almost doesn't, you know, I, I buy it because I want that ability to go into a store and be able to say to Apple, replace it and have them do that rather than, chase a third party company and have to explain myself to them yeah um but again that's not you know that what was it the guy said he sort of he went mm, well you saved yourself a bit of money having that well i haven't saved myself any hassle though have i, yeah, <laughs> and I, I it remains to be seen whether you've saved yourself a great deal of money or not because uh the total i think is probably that you've paid at the moment is probably more than an out of warranty repair, I would suspect. But let's see what they let's see what they actually swap out before we can say that for sure. If they swap out the whole thing, then technically I'm up. Yeah, but um, just if they just swap the keyboard up a uh, bit, um, then obviously you're not. There's so. always going to be that. I, I, I there's always going to be that little bit of me though. Like I know I've got Apple Care for three years. It's like for the next X amount of years, I'm going to be like. Mm, did it touch this? Did it touch that? Oh, I, I personally wouldn't be bothered about that personally, but no, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Mm. So, I was talking about your iPad Mini earlier. I did get a new gadget this week. Mm. The new OLED Nintendo Switch. Ah, very nice. Yeah. So I can't remember whether you. I think you've had switches in the past, haven't you? I think I've had two normal switches and about three switch lights. And we just got another switch light for um, our daughter for her birthday. So obviously that one's going to stay. Mine generally tend to disappear because they sit there unused for months on an end. But, um, and do you just sell them on, do you? I'd, yeah, just move them on. Yeah. I, I feel guilty about having it there. But that, that's in the favour favor now because, like I said, we've got the Switch Lite for her birthday and I'll just log her into my Nintendo account. We've probably got so many games already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, I, the, it has quite a nice little uh, transfer process where you can transfer from one Switch to the other. Uh, it kind of swaps the uh, over the Wi-Fi. It kind of swaps the uh, game saves and everything. And uh, I downloaded all my games. And that screen on the new OLED Switch is really, really nice. Did you have the first version or did you have the second version with that updated battery saving processor? So, yes, I had the second generation Switch with the new silicon. But that was the only change, wasn't it, between the first and second generation? All you're getting now, effectively, is a new screen on it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Nice, though? Very nice, yeah. I think it, it just highlights the fact that the screen on the initial uh, Switch isn't great. 
And I think you no. you mentioned, you know, sort of a Samsung A-series tablet previously. Yeah. It is very much like that, isn't it? It's like kind of budget um, budget Android tablet uh, screen on the original Switch. It's got, got an air gap and everything, whereas this OLED is fully laminated, um, really decent quality OLED screens. You know, OLED screens can vary in quality. But this is a really decent one, nice and bright. Uh, it's a little bit oversaturated out of the box, but you can turn that off in settings. It's now got like a saturation setting in settings. Oh, that's and, nice. Good touch. Yeah. And it's a bigger screen as well. Hmm. So, it's, you know, it's quite bezel-y, the original Switch. Yeah, they've just managed to fill the border, have they? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, you wouldn't say it's got anything like remarkably small bezels, but it, it's, they don't stand out in the way that the original Switch's bezels did. Um, Aid battery life in any way, have you noticed? I haven't noticed really. I, to be fair, I haven't played on it a lot. I've just played on it to sort of check it out, really. Um, but it looks super smart with these white, controllers now that it comes with it you can either get it with the green and not green uh, red and blue um controllers like classic colors or you can get these uh white uh controllers which is what i got and it looks super smart it looks really nice and of course straight out of the box i slapped a uh, an additional glass screen protector on the top oh you're one of them i said so I, I did that on the switch though only because it was is plastic yeah exactly yeah yeah, if it would be it being glass, I wouldn't have bothered. I actually th- think I remember someone saying that the OLED switch is glass anyway, but I thought, well, like with a phone, just chuck a laminated um, glass screen protector on the front and um, it's just a bit of extra extra insurance, really. So, yeah, it's good. I d- I d- I'm not a huge gamer, but uh, I do quite like the Switch. It's kind of... Um, uh got some good games on there and i like the fact that you can play all the, well you can't play all the old snes games but you can play a fair few uh snes games on there uh as part of the sort of nintendo online service which i subscribe to and uh yeah i'm happy with it yeah I, we like nintendo in this house like, like i said uh the daughter has been playing on the iphone you know the mario kart the um Mario Run, is it called? Also, the Nintendo games, and she on YouTube she watches all the old Mario th- three games people play and stuff like that. So really? I think it's interesting. Yeah, so she she really does like like the Mario IP. She's got Mario T shirts, Mario uh, trainers, and things like that. So it's a natural evolution. Here you go. Now that you sort of can manage to utilize joysticks and things, <laughs> you have an age. Um, so get you into the, they're good games though. That's the thing. They're very family friendly. Um, it's more about the gameplay. They're not trying to be violent or anything like that. It's just good fun. And I think that appeals to the younger children. I like, I like it as well. I play, I got, uh, I play the GameCube, don't I? Yeah. So the best single best console ever made. Um, I've got, I think I've got about seven of them, one of every color and then a couple of duplicates just in case. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting, isn't it? That, um, you're gravitating towards the GameCube because I gravitate towards the SNES and Mega Drive. And I guess that's probably the exact age difference between us. Yeah. So for me, I I like the Nintendo 64. That's what I used to play at my mate's house when I was at sort of at secondary school. Yeah. We'd go around, play four player Goldeneye, uh, watch, watch, what, um, just 
generally play, I think, SmackDown games on the PlayStation. I think there was a couple for uh, the N64. So that was the staple. But by the time I was like 18 and was old enough to sort of have my own place with my console, I got a GameCube. So, and that was still when Nintendo were sort of taking third party titles. Yeah. So the breadth of games was quite good. I don't know. It's just got fond memories for me. Yeah, yeah. So. Did I. It's a quite a strange phenomenon, gaming. Well, for me, gaming as an older person, that sounds really terrible, but um, it's a bit like how I use Spotify. Do you know what I mean? I have Spotify so I can access any music in the world, you know, any new music in the world. And yet I always listen to like the classic albums, you know, that I've listened to, you know, all my life, all the rest of it, you know, listen, you know, pay 10 quid a a month for uh, Spotify and listen to, you know, Dire Straits and Beatles and, you know, Queen and and everything else. That's not actually what I listen to, but you sort of get my point, yeah? Yeah, Um, yeah. But I have it with gaming as well. So I'm obsessed with, like, um, retro gaming, which I guess you are as well with the the GameCube. But um, playing on emulators, I love playing on emulators, and um, I've got loads of these uh, 8-bit dough controllers that you can use over bluetooth so you can get like a real nice feel uh for these old games and um recently i actually picked up a have you heard of analog the company that makes these uh fpga chipped uh consoles so i haven't seen analog but i'm I'm familiar with the fpga stuff yeah yeah so i got a um is it a mega nt no super nt and mega sg consoles so they're uh exact replicas of the snes and the mega drive it's got the cartridge slot uh got the original um joypad connectors but they're completely reworked and they output hdmi hmm. and it's like complete overkill uh to play retro games really but it's good fun and it is uh it works really really well and um i got the, the interesting thing about the snes was that uh because the um, Super NT uh, is a complete replica of the SNES, it's, 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 there's no emulation. It's just using the FPGA chip to sort of be the SNES chips. Uh, and you have the cartridge port. It plays actual cartridges, but, but obviously you want to be able to play multiple ROMs. So you get a ROM cart. Do you know what I mean? One of these uh, EverDrives, which is basically yeah. just a SNES cartridge with a micro SD card in that you can put your ROMs on. But the trick with the SNES is that about half the SNES games that you could ever get had custom chips on. Yeah. It wasn't just the super effects that they put into Star Fox, you know, loads of, you know, things like pilot wings. And uh, I think even Mario Kart, I think loads of these um, uh, games used custom silicon actually in the cartridges. So you need a EverDrive um, with all of these custom uh, all of these custom chips in so you've got like an FPGA solution to all of these chips that go in the cartridges as well so the amount of engineering to play uh, a SNES game uh, exactly as it should be played but over HDMI is quite staggering so i got the um i think it's a SD to SNES uh it's called like the Gamepack Pro or something it's the latest generation of the um uh everdrive that you can get with all of the um chips being emulated on it so i think it plays pretty much every snes game uh on this cartridge but it's absolutely uh, fantastic it's great to play all the old uh, snes games and 
or the Mega Drive games. The Mega Drives weren't quite so into their custom chips, so you don't have to worry too much about that on the Mega Drive. I think there was only really one. There was one, wasn't there? Was virtual it virtual racing? Yeah, there was. See, look, look at that, great minds. Yeah. So, uh, which is pretty rubbish on uh, the Mega Drive, as you'd expect. <laughs> um, and actually, it's pretty good on the Switch. I've got, quite enjoyed playing that on the Switch. They've done a sort of a, uh, a reworked version of it on the Switch, which is quite nice. But yeah, playing all those old games, getting uh, nostalgic. Uh, when you, I've got access to loads of new games, but I still sort of get tempted back to emulators and playing all the old games. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, I've been going back and I never really completed games when I was younger. No. I don't I just couldn't stick it, but I've been going back and completing all the games. So Max Payne on the on the Mac and Doom Three. I've finally just been completing them, so um yeah. Good times, nostalgic yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Just wish I had a little bit more free time to play these games. I always enjoy playing games when I'm playing it, but I never seem to be able to find time to actually kick off a session. No, I flit as well. I go from one thing to the next to the next. I feel, oh, I should be playing this. No, I should be playing that. Um, yeah, it's lack of time, I think. I think if I was a 15-year-old with hours to spend in my bedroom, like I used to spend at my mate's house, yeah, um, watching him play, uh, yeah. We used to just sit and play House of the Dead on uh, the Dreamcast and oh, all those good Dreamcast yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I remember... Um I used to play on the Dreamcast with my brother. We used to play Power Stone loads. Do you yep. used to play that? Yeah. A great console, the Dreamcast. Choo Choo Rocket. Great game. Yeah. And uh, there's one little bit of tech that I wanted to mention, actually, before we go, which was uh, an absolute revelation. Um, completely transform- transformed almost every gadget in my house. Uh, do you want to know what it is? Gone. It's, uh, I got it, uh, it's like a, Lots of little stickers that are like dark film and you can put them over all the bright LEDs on all of your gadgets. Oh, right, yeah. And it's not, it uses like static to sort of stick to things. So it's just, um, it's just like plastic film. It's not got any glue on it or any stickiness to it, but it just sort of affixes itself to uh, stuff just with static. They have transformed my uh, living room. I've got uh, these little stickers over my AV amplifiers, my uh, Apple TV, um, you know, my uh, Skybox. Um, what else have I stuck it onto? My um, other satellite box, uh, which had a really bright bar LED saying like BBC One on it. Uh, so I, I put a big sticker of this uh, sort of tinting material over that. Um, so, yeah, I can now watch TV and relax without these LEDs blurring in my eyes. And it's been an absolute revelation. So I just use black electrical tape, James. That's, Job what, done. that's what I've used in the past. Um, but it, that is a bit sticky and it sort of looks a bit rubbish when the lights are on, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But these little... Um, uh, these little sort of stickers, they're not really stickers, are they? But these little bits of plastic that you can get, they're so small and targeted to the LEDs that they look fine with the uh, when the lights are on and everything. So, yeah, highly recommended if you have annoying LEDs, which uh, they seem to blight me a bit. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I shall go and sticker things up myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do it. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that, James. I will fill you in. Uh, on my uh, MacBook Air uh, saga. Yeah. 
in the coming weeks. I was going to say this could run and run, but uh, I guess you really don't want it to run and run and become a saga. You just want it sorted out, I expect. Yeah, hopefully by the next uh, podcast, uh, I shall have some sort of resolution. Okay, cool. I look forward to it. All right. Have a good evening, Dave, and uh, speak soon. See you later, James. Bye. Bye.